0: Welcome back to the Graveyard Shift. I'm James Pugh and I'm Dave Burrows. And today both of us are in, I believe, for a special treat as there is beer in the room, which hopefully if we're good enough we'll uh, luckily get to taste later. Um, Today we're joined by a key member of the team at one of Shropshire's largest breweries. A very warm welcome to Charlie Farman, Marketing Coordinator at Cleabree Mortimer-based Hobson's Brewery. Welcome. Hi,
1: guys. Hi. You okay?
0: Yes, thank you. I think it's fair to say we we love all our podcast guests,
2: but I think we've been looking forward to this one more than most. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. Beer does that to people. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just a shame it's, uh, It's what time is it? Twelve o'clock in the afternoon or not? Yeah,
0: and neither nothing. of us have uh, had our lunch yet. So no, we'll have to yeah. be careful. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> um, Charlie, we all know about the hospitality industry and the challenges it's faced over the last couple of years. Yeah. What are sort of the impacts have been on your business and how have you overcome them?
1: Um, it's just been a huge shift for us really. So prior to COVID, you know, 2019, the majority of our trade and business was with pubs, cast customers selling hand-pulled products. Um, obviously overnight pubs closed and that entire amount of our business was vulnerable. We realized 70% of our business had stopped. Um, so it was a big step back, have a rethink, um, and we've always sold bottled beer as well. So it was really pushing that, increasing that volume. Um, so we established a much better website, for example, before COVID. We had a very basic online shop, but it was such a small amount of our business. We hadn't really put much behind it. So we redid that, and we also started selling some of our products on Amazon, um, and that was really good actually, because the volume they take, you can imagine, especially around peak times, Father's Day, Christmas. Mm. Um, and it was actually a really good way for us to expose all of our beers to a brand new market. So we'd have people ordering from much further away, lots in London, you know, southern locations that probably haven't heard of Hobsons. And then we would find some of those were then coming and ordering from us direct afterwards, which was great. Fantastic. And that's the perfect result, really um so yeah that's been the biggest thing and still now bottles now are a much much bigger part of our business mm. um it's probably more 50 50 now when it was probably 70 30 before
0: and do you think without the pandemic you wouldn't have done these things or actually has the pandemic sort of speeded your sort of business plans along a bit and you know found innovative new ways to you know sell yourselves really
1: yeah, I think the question is, has it speeded us or has it changed it? I don't yeah. know if it's changed the direction or whether yeah. we'd have come to this point in anyway. the end anyway. Um, it was definitely good in terms of the e-commerce side. I think it's where more, more traditional brewery. we were quite set in, you know, we go out with our vans, we deliver to our local pubs and our local farm shops. But it's made us realize, actually, we can be on a scale where we can sell our beers to anyone in the country. And that that's a really good thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so, yeah, no, I think in a way, I <laughs> don't want to say that COVID's been helpful, but mm-hmm. it did help us open our eyes a little bit, step back and look at a bigger picture.
2: Sorry, sorry. Have you also found a change? Because I've noticed, obviously, as a real ale enthusiast myself, that there's, there's been a sort of shift in, in ales as well. They're, they're treated almost more like, like wine has, has been for, for decades, where you're now pairing beers with meals and you're, you know, you're getting serving suggestions and there's so many ales out there. You know, it's not just, oh, beer tastes of beer, tastes of beer. You know, everything has got a distinct flavour, a distinct hoppiness, whatever it might be. So have you found a shift in that as well, where, where, like you say, you're selling to people in London and stuff, because people are going, right, I've tried these beers, I want to try something new and see what that tastes like.
1: Yeah, definitely, and uh, on that note of it being a bit more like wine, we find now people want to know the hops that are in the beer, they want to know a bit more about the brewing process, and generally the understanding is better whereas before most people would think i don't really know what the hops are i don't know if i even care about what the hops are whereas now people know is it a british hop and is how bitter is it how sweet it is and i think covid as well loads of people took up home brewing so that understanding is also better um, I'd
2: like to say I did my home brewing way before COVID was, I think. Oh,
1: wow, well, ahead of the trend, <laughs> um, but no, definitely, which is good because we pride ourselves on, you know, using local hops, working with local suppliers. So it's something we're happy to share and talk about more if people quiz us on it a little bit. So,
2: yeah. So do all your, your hops come come from a, a certain radius or?
1: Yeah, so we use um, a supplier, Brookhouse Hops. So they're um, in Tembury Wells. Okay. So it's like 10, 15 minutes down the road. So we don't only use British hops because there's so many out there. So we course, use hops yeah. from, you know, America, New Zealand, loads of different places. Um, but they're all sourced from Brookhouse Hops. And a lot of those are brewed, uh, not brewed, sorry, grown <laughs> on site at the farm. So, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, just sort of going back slightly to the you know sort of state of the industry. Um, obviously, we've come out of the pandemic now. Sort of, how are you feeling about sort of the next twelve months ahead? I know it's difficult to predict with the way things are, but how are you feeling? You know, as a brewery,
1: I think in terms of pub trade, it's settling. Um, There's definitely still knock-on effects happening. You know, pubs are still closing. Local breweries have had to close their doors um, because it's just, it's been really hard. And I think if you don't have that resource to adapt, not everyone's been able to deal with the, you know, there's just less demand now in that pub area. Um, But I think for us, we're in a good position. Our e-commerce sort of platform and selling side is really well set out now. We kind of know what we're doing with it. Same goes for Amazon. It's a, Hard beast to tame, but <laughs> we think we've tamed it and sort of understand how it works and their demands. Um, and just looking more really this year at our retail stockists, getting more people to stock our bottles. And that's something we're looking to try and grow this year, do some more special bottles, maybe look at reviewing our range a little bit, modernizing it a little
2: bit. And- how, how many beers have you got in the range? At the moment?
1: Uh, so bottles, we have eight that we do all year round, and then we do some specials, some seasonals throughout the year. And then on the cask side, we have six. And same goes for some specials throughout the year.
2: What's the bestseller? What's that, sorry? What's your bestseller? Oh,
1: Town Crier. So that's, I think... my favourite. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Largely because of the style, because it's a crisp golden ale, 4.5%. So it's just very popular, sort of good... Drink, yeah. Yeah.
0: Now you work for a brewery. Now, please tell me you do like beer. You're not going to tell us you don't like beer and you don't like the smell.
1: I I do. No, no, I I love beer. James (laughs) was
2: living in fear of you going in and going, I'm teetotal. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like the taste.
1: I will admit, prior to starting at Hobson's, I didn't drink beer, but they converted me very quickly (laughs) initiation. Yeah, and now I really enjoy it. So, yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, I believe um, at Hobson, sustainability, you know, was a big part of the business. Uh, and I think you've got your own wind turbine on site, is that right? We do, right?
1: yes. Do Did you didn't... sort of elaborate
0: a bit about your sort of sustainability?
1: Yeah, yeah for sure. So we uh, call our on-site wind turbine Windy Wendy. <laughs> she's oh, much like She's loved. even got a name. At, at the brewery. Not <laughs> na- <laughs> it's
2: not named after a member of staff, is it, is it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That could be awkward. Not
1: that kind of wind. <laughs> um But we sort of say on the whole that the power that that's generated from that um, serves about a third of our energy requirements. So it's, you know, a huge... I suppose at the
2: moment that must be...
1: Well, yeah, especially at the moment. That's another obviously impact is this energy crisis. So that's something because we already had these different sustainable practices in place. We're in a better position um, to deal with that. So, yeah, we've got Windy Wendy, our wind turbine... Uh, We've got a lot of solar panels on the roofs of the buildings. Um, We've installed in terms of brewing equipment, a lot of alternative technologies that reduce like water wastage, reduce energy, just make the brewing process as efficient as it can be. Um, So things like cask washing, which I think is quite a tedious task for the guys outside. Go through every cask, making sure there's no muck in there, spraying them out with a jet wash. We've now got an automated system that washes it for you basically. Waste a lot less water, it's quicker and makes us more efficient time wise and sustainability wise. So it's like
2: shoving them through a car wash.
1: Yeah, pr- pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've had that since it was before I started there, 2014, I think. I think we've always been at the forefront of these sort of things. And Nick, who's the founder, is always the first to jump on it. If there's something new, it's sustainable and it works. They, like, ha-
0: yeah, so they haven't come in sort of, you know, last year or two because of what's been going on in the economy. They've, you know, always well, been always, there for a few years. And
1: They've always yeah. been there. To be honest, since COVID in the last couple of years, there's some new sustainable uh, solutions we're looking into, but nothing new that's actually been adopted yet. A lot of it's been long standing, really, for probably the last 10, 15 years and... We keep monitoring it looking for what's new in the market but it's always been in our minds and something that we know we need to be on top of so
2: um we were talking about ranges and you saying that you might sort of look to refresh the ranges you've just launched an alcohol free beer is that right
1: yes we have tell us more so we've been stocking an alcohol free beer uh, for the last 12 months So back in 2021, uh, Nick, I'm not sure how the sort of meeting came about, but he discovered this brewery in Poland, uh, basically just outside of Warsaw, uh, spelt Blonnie Brewery, but it's pronounced Bwonya. (laughs) Of
2: (laughs) course. Bwonya Brewery.
1: (laughs) So they produce a range of really good alcohol-free beers. Nick thought they were the best he'd tasted. Um, So went over there, met them, and then worked together to initially stock those beers and offer them to the UK market and just see how they were received. Um, So there was three and one of them was this IPA. um, And it just outsold the others by a huge mile, we were getting really good feedback about how this tasted like a real beer. Um, So we then thought, well, let's make this better. Let's get that added brand recognition. So then we worked with uh Bonya Brewery and rebranded it as a Hobson's beer. Okay. So we're being very open about the fact, you know, we we don't brew it at Hobson's. There's certain technologies, equipment you need to brew alcohol-free beer that we don't have at the moment. It's also a capacity problem. Mm-hmm. We're a small on an old building, we only have so much space. Sure. Um, but there are small breweries similar size to us, they're sustainable like us, they hold all of our credentials. So we're really like excited to work with them. Um, so yeah, that launched last week, Fantastic. and it's available everywhere now <laughs> is,
2: is that another sort of side of the because again, when alcohol free beers were in their infancy, it was just like you would drink one and you were like, Do you know what, I might as well have a have a soft drink because I'm not yeah. drinking it for the taste, and this actually tastes worse, yeah, but that that technology um those that development has come on leaps and mm. bounds again, hasn't it? so you say for 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 people to be saying this is the best alcohol-free beer I've ever had and it tastes like a normal beer. And and as we've just said, the taste of beers have, have advanced so much that that's going to be a nice market for you because people are now drinking it because of the taste. And if you can have that without the alcohol, then...
1: Yeah, I think it's something, you know, people are more concerned about and want a bit more now. I think previously it was very much, oh, I'll have a Shandy, then I'll have a Coke or I just won't drink at all. I don't see the point Whereas there's lots of different reasons people can't drink alcohol or don't want to drink alcohol, but they still might enjoy the taste of beer, but as you say, some of these alcohol-free beers previously didn't taste that great,
2: didn't always taste like beer even. I'm but thinking it, back to Billy Connolly advertising uh, what was what was a Billy Connolly one? game with a K? No, just me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but whatever it was, it tasted it, it wasn't pleasant, let's say on a family podcast, let's just say it didn't taste pleasant. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, you know, we did our own taste testing ourselves of some of your bigger brand alcohol-free beers, and they're really, they're of a good quality now, and I think some people are blind taste test, you wouldn't know the difference. So we Fantastic. wanted to have something on that level that we could offer, but as a local brewery, not one of the big brands.
0: Fantastic. Talking of taste testing. Yes, I believe you brought us in a bit of a gift, Charlie. I
1: have. So I've brought in a couple of beers. I have brought in the Hobson's Free IPA. So it'd be great to hear your Excellent. thoughts on yeah, that. Absolutely.
2: We'll give, we'll give that a try. And then
1: I have also brought in a couple of bottles of our Dewstone Stout, because um, that's recently won quite a few awards. It won an award at this year's uh, Camera Regional Awards Gold in its category. Fantastic. And we really we love our stout. We really want to push it, get everyone to try it. It's always hard because you're competing against the big G. I was yeah. just going to say
2: <laughs> is, 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 is stout one of those ones as well? Because a lot of ales. You know, you have session ales and you have things which are easy easy to drink, mm-hmm. whereas stout is a bit more bit more of an effort. Sort of, yeah, it? I think. So is it is it a harder sell with with stout? Yeah, it... you've got you've got the name which we won't mention, uh, but also the 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 flavour and the, and the, and the the full bodiedness of a stout as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's obviously a style that's not for everyone. It's a bit more of a acquired taste, you could say. But I think a lot of people do think that stout is the G word, but that's just one type of stout. Ours tastes completely different. And some people that uh, like our stout would, would have thought they didn't like it because they didn't like Guinness. So- she said <laughs> um, And also we have a problem with pubs. They might stock two or three golden ales, pale ales, but they're like, well, I only want to stock one stout because it's not as much of a big yep. seller. So it's trying to say, have that instead of Guinness.
2: Well, let's see if so we can you tell go. the world why it's better than yours. Absolutely, Shall yes.
1: Shall I retrieve some bottles? Yes, Thank please. You very much. Mm. I'll
2: hey. just take a drink of my coffee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one you'd like to start with. I would suggest the free IPA, just because this will be quite a complex
0: taste. That's exactly what I was, that's, that's exactly what I was wanna... thinking. Shall we? Oh, yeah. Do you want to do the honours, Dave? I'll do the
2: honours. And then if I pour it badly, it's on
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you tilt the glass, you'll be fine. <laughs>
2: Because they say,
1: well, oh, oh, it's a bit lively. A
0: bit lively. <laughs> that one. We're blame that on the journey.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, good some point. the roads around
0: here are a bit uh, yeah, dodgy.
1: Yeah.
2: But Do you want me to do that, Jo? Do, do, do. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's in the style of an IPA. It's less than 0.5%. And the way that they do it at Bonya is... They just brew it at a very, very low temperature. So some of the bigger brands will extract the alcohol afterwards, whereas yeah. this is just brewed at a temperature where alcohol can never doesn't, doesn't grow, form. Yeah. form. So okay. the idea behind that is it has a better flavour, oh. retains. Cheers.
2: Oh, oh. <laughs> Doing all this for the sound effects, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> That's really nice. That is really nice. Very nice. Really smooth. Yeah. Very citrusy.
1: Yeah, and we like to think it's still got a bit of that body because I think mm. a lot of alcohol-free beers, the word they use is they're very thin. Yes. There's no depth to them, really. Mm. And you'll never have the depth of a real beer you just because you can't. But we think for an alcohol-free beer, but I, it has still got body I to would it. Agree.
2: I would definitely agree. Well, that's nice.
1: There you go. Silence is good in this <laughs>
2: instance. <laughs> yeah, just talk amongst yourselves.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me, 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 me and well.
2: We'll James, just, we'll just drink this. Oh, I do like that. I'm going to read the bottle well. James says some words.
0: <laughs> so you say this has been launched last week?
1: Yes, last week. So we have got a little official launching of the product um, this weekend at um, Dry by Choice in Shrewsbury. So they're a really good little local retailer that opened up last year, I believe, um, and they just purely stock alcohol-free products, uh, beers, gins, wines. So we're going to be doing a little sampling there um hope people could come along see what they think do a little special offer to get people interested
0: and have you had much feedback so far was it a bit early
1: yeah so a lot of our trade customers are really pleased we've rebranded it they just think it helps people because they will see and think oh hobson's they know hobson's whereas beforehand obviously they saw a beer that they weren't familiar with and people drink with their eyes as they say so it's Definitely been very beneficial. Um, It's obviously really only been going out to our stockists this week. So hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll be getting a bit more feedback on how it's been selling through and what drinkers have thought. Um, But overall, been a very good reception.
2: Well, I can't can't give it a Rouse Plus recommendation because I'm not allowed to, but it gets my recommendations. (laughs) Yes, it's it's very nice indeed. Great. But you better try the stout. Mm -hmm. It's a tough job. I know. (laughs) This is I um, in my in my former days at the Shropshire at Star. Thank you. Um I uh, I did get the gig as one of the judges at the Shrewsbury Beer Festival for a couple of years.
1: Oh, brilliant!
2: Which yeah. is a really tough job. Mm. I can tell you, judge all that beer and then judge and home brewer. Then I know. You so know. I mean I, I mean, I practically work for Hobbsons. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, this one we might need to sip a bit more. <laughs> Do you want first? Do yeah. you dibs? go for it?
1: Yeah, I'll be interested to see what you think compared to other stouts you've tried.
0: I'm not usually a big stout drinker, so I am intrigued on this. Yeah.
1: Yeah, four point three, so nothing too uh,
2: too strong. Well, you're right. It's, I mean, it's nothing. It is nothing like, like a Guinness at all.
1: Guinness is quite sort of bitter, mm. quite sort of savoury, whereas our stout's quite sweet, sort of coffee, chocolate, more that Co- kind you, yeah, of. Yeah, you
2: definitely definitely get the
1: coffee.
2: Um, mm. um, but it's it, it's it's a lot lighter, it's a lot lot smoother.
1: Yeah, well, that's I think it's a bit of an easier to drink because a lot of people make that association of it's a dark-looking beer, it must be heavy, but not necessarily.
2: And, and, and Guinness is all about the slow pour, and you know it's basically a milkshake, isn't it? It's uh, whereas that's still got the the the, the Body of, an, uh, of an ale, it feels.
1: Yeah, it is a bottle-conditioned beer. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: We should tweak this at Guinness. <laughs> 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 we'll ta- you want us to tag Guinness in when we do the, when we do the promotion <laughs> for this podcast? Great idea.
1: That'll go down well.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely got a taste. Coffee, over of about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely feel that.
1: Yeah, that's from some of the uh, malts that go in there. They sort of you can if you smell them, you can you get those aromas from it.
2: So, put the lid back on that one and
1: save that for later. Exactly,
2: exactly that. <laughs> I'm going to put my coffee aside and stick to my uh, (laughs) IPA, (laughs) alcohol-free.
0: Get us back on track, James. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for those. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) What a perk. Uh, You mentioned earlier about um, products have won quite a few awards. Um, How difficult is it to one maintain sort of high standards, but to continue come up with new ideas, new products? That's not on the market currently.
1: Yeah, I think that is the key secret really. And it's that balancing act. Um, I think a lot of the newer breweries now, that's what they're really good at is bringing out new beers all the time. Um, But for us, because we are a more traditional brewery, we want that core range there and those beers that people know us for. Um, And if we are gonna produce a new beer, we don't wanna just draw up a recipe and we just go for it straight away and we brew it. We want to do testing, we do trial brews. We want feedback from the team. So it's a bit of a more thought out, longer process for us. Um, But the main way we do that is through our special beers. So this year we'll have a special beers calendar. Um, Every month we'll have a special cask beer out for the pubs. And then we'll also do a few special bottles as well. And for us, that's our opportunity to do styles that are a bit more quirky, try something new if there's a recipe the brewers really want to have a go at. Or I was just
2: going to ask that. Who comes up with it? Is it the brewers themselves who who have an idea and they think, I want to try this, this is a recipe I want to give a go?
1: It's honestly both. So sometimes more sales marketing team, we might come up with a beer and sometimes we might get an answer that for whatever reason, we, we can't brew that. Or they might say, we really want to brew this beer style. We might say, that'll never sell. Yeah. <laughs> so it is that sitting down all together, we have to decide it as a team and... Often it'll be, we come up with a style we think popular in the market. They'll have a look and come up with a recipe that they think could work. And then they might do some trials, see, see what it tastes like, do some tweaks to get that desired sort of flavor, color, style.
2: So. I made a porter with chili uh, chocolate once. Oh, It was disgusting. Oh,
1: actually I thought that sounded quite <laughs> I was, interesting. I was so
2: proud of it. It looked beautiful in a bottle. And it looked beautiful when you poured it and then it just tasted nasty.
1: Nice. Bit of a spiced porter. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Thought, I try. thought it
2: was gonna be great. It it was
0: not. Not much of an expert after all, in... I gave it a go. <laughs> <laughs> got experiment. Yeah, got experiment.
1: It doesn't always work, you know. I'm sure in the past they've tried some brews that we did we didn't did it, we care. did another
2: one. Uh, it was me and my friend who did it. And we did another one. It was really nice. We were we were very proud of that one, but not the not the chili chocolate <laughs> the porter. That, that did not work. <laughs> um so you so you were talking about specials. Uh, Presumably there will be a special brew coming out this year because you have a special anniversary this year.
1: We do, so we are turning 30 this year. Very exciting. Happy birthday.
0: Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Um,
1: So we don't have a real set birthday, but we tend to celebrate it in April. Um, so in April we'll be launching a special 30th beer. I can't say any more about it oh, for I was, now. I, was, I, was, I was
2: thought we were going to get names and things like <laughs> yeah. that. It's, it's all closely so under wraps, all, is
1: it? It's all in the works. Um, we we know what we're going to be doing, what we're going to be releasing, but we're really excited about it. So it'll be available in cask, in bottle. We're going to be planning a big birthday party, probably more in summer during Fantastic. July time. Um, inviting all of our pub customers, our stockists, everyone, really.
2: People who've
0: invited you onto a podcast.
1: Yes, of <laughs> course, those <so> well. <laughs> now,
0: has it been made yet and have you had a chance to taste it? Or was...
1: There's been some trials, yeah. um, but because it's going to be released in April, it'll probably be brewed in March time. Yeah. Um, So at the moment, we're more looking at the design stages. So we're working um, together with an agency on getting, you know, a pump clip design, bottle label, all that kind of thing, getting that all prepared.
2: And then how long will that be available throughout the year before you, before it sort of disappears again?
1: So we want it to be special. So the idea is it comes out in April and we're we're, we're hoping it's going to have sold out within a few weeks. And that's what happens. But because it is our birthday and we'll be doing little pop-up events throughout the year, if it goes down really well, we'll probably do it again some point in summer. Yeah. So it's got a bit more availability. Cool. Um, yeah, hopefully do a couple of brews of it.
0: Um, shopshire is obviously home to some, you know, fantastic and well-known breweries. Mm-hmm. Um, how sort of competitive is the market in the county, and how much do you sort of keep an eye on what the other ones are doing?
1: I think we all keep an eye, but I think the really nice thing about the brewing industry is it's so friendly.
0: I was hoping you'd say that, because in my head, that's
2: exactly what yeah. it's like. It's just like everyone gets it's together really, and has a chat. and
1: really, really friendly. You know, Ludlow Brewery, for example, before now, and both ways, we might call them and say, oh, we've, we've run out of gas, we're not getting delivery till next week. I'll come and grab some, swap it back next time. Or the same with, it might be a certain barley or hop if you're just caught short, but we know it's always going to be reciprocated. Yeah. Um, you're always aware you'd never, you know, go and outwardly say, copy, for example, a beer that another local brewery's done. And we know no one would do that to us either. I think there's just a respect there. And you want everyone to do well, because we're all local. A lot of them have all started as family-run businesses and their success will help us succeed as well. People will need variety. They don't just want one local brewery. They want quite a few that are all good in their own right and stand out for different reasons. And
2: and I think because Shropshire's got so many good ones it's 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 got a reputation, hasn't it? there is there is a reputation in Shropshire for the quality of its brewing, and and if yeah. you were if you were to screw each other over, then you would only be damaging that reputation, which in turn would damage your own reputation. so
1: yeah, no, absolutely. I think where we are in Shropshire, we're really lucky that there's a huge network of local barley growers and hop growers. It's all right here on our doorstep. So I think that is why there is so many local brewers in this region
0: um obviously the industry you know perhaps previously has been known to be male dominated but obviously you know you've got a key role at you know a brewery in Shropshire would you say there's been a shift in that
1: i think so yeah and i hope so i know that um nick the founder at hobson's is really open and keen to try and get especially in the production side because at, at the moment production is all male mm. and then it's a bit more stereotypical inside the office roles mm. more more women and it is still typical to that point but I think the change needs to start further down the line in getting more women into brewing and the production side in the first place.
2: But does that start sort of even further back? Because as you said, before you started at Hobson's, you weren't into, into your ales. Um, I thought you the were ale co- was a man's co- drink. You were quickly converted. And is, is that sort of, is that A, something that that is happening or mm-hmm. needs to happen and something that maybe you guys are looking at is how can we make the, the beers more appealing to women or or, or maybe some, some flavours which maybe will appeal more to, to female drinkers or just from a marketing side of you to, to to get rid of that notion that maybe ale is is for is for the blokes.
1: Yeah, I think it's something we're trying to do our small part to help that. So on like International Women's Day, for example, I always try and do a bit of a campaign of women drink beer too. And we also like real ale. Um, before I started at Hobson's, I was very much, didn't really look at your hand pull cast because I just thought, I won't like those. Never tried them. Yeah, that's what, I just yeah. thought, That's what men drink, usually of an older demographic, not a... With a beard.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So,
1: But then I tried them and thought, wow, these are amazing. And also they're not all really bitter and savoury. You can get really sweet ales. You can get all the floral, all these different Mm. flavour styles. So I think we've still got a long way to go. But when we can, any marketing campaigns, we always try and get it to be a woman in there if we can just to try and show that there is that diversity there. It's strange
2: because uh, uh, women won't think twice about having a different, you know, different lagers,
1: Mm. but then
2: you, like you say, you come to ales and it's just like, oh no. Yeah. And yet there's such a a flavor range in ales. Yeah,
1: massively. But I think people with this small craft uh, beer that's just still growing and's boomed really, I think that has made a lot more people look at ale in general Mm. because that's Helps people to realise, oh, you can actually get really interesting. Else, they don't all taste the same. It's not just bitters and yeah. milds. Uh, there's a huge range of different styles that you can
0: have. And I think with wine, you know, more and more, you know, people, more and more males are drinking wine now. I mean, I, you know, me and my wife share a couple of bottles don't of wine. Say that to somebody who <laughs>
2: works at <the>
1: brewery, <laughs> but it's probably the flip like The same for wine, on but the other way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. You know,
0: so you know, so yeah.
1: It's All changing, and anyone can drink anything they like, exactly. I think, is the message, which yes. is as good. As long as
0: you
2: drink responsibly or yes. alcohol free
0: <laughs> and not at work. <laughs> <laughs> um, sort of moving forward, obviously, you've mentioned the um 30th anniversary celebrations. Um, what can you sort of tell us, sort of a bit longer term, about plans for the business or are I think they under wraps at the moment?
1: I'll sort of you know our general you know five-year plan is just to continue looking at our bottle trade that is something we really want to grow is pushing our bottles um, trying to get stock with you know maybe some more big retailers supermarkets just getting that exposure really is what we'd really like mm-hmm. um i feel like our local exposure is really strong but it'll be great to have a bit more of a national awareness
2: so b- building on on what's happened with lockdown you say yeah. with customers coming and and the amazon sales so building on that and, and and getting some national awareness of
1: yeah definitely here we are
2: and our beers are fantastic
1: definitely but it's you know doing that while also really looking after and supporting our local pub customers as well and it's making sure you don't replace one with the other it's keeping both um and nu- nurturing them both in different ways so fantastic
2: thank you very much cheers you're to that welcome. thank you. <laughs> great to <That's> chat <laughs>